I will be um I'm gonna be all over the place today. So yeah, have your have your pad ready because I ain't waiting. I got two minute scriptures. I might read some. I might not. I might not read some. But have your pad ready so you can write them down and read them when you get home or whenever you have an opportunity. Amen. But I just thank God for this word. I hope that it's been blessing you. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why God took me down this path other than I know that it's what the body needs. Um, so many different people grieving, so many different things happening in the world on today. Um, I know that this word is what we need. And so, you know, this one is titled Light Part 3. Um, but I put a subheading on it called Happy Endings. And so today I want to just I just want to walk y'all through. I want to walk y'all through the words of the prophets. Amen. Amen. I want to walk y'all through the words of the prophet. And as I was preparing. You know, the Lord just say, y'all, y'all have to, y'all got to read y'all word. Y'all have to read y'all word. And the reason I say this, because as I'm jumping around, you might be saying, you might be saying, oh, that's in there. I don't know that. But the reason I say you got to read your word is because I don't want you to take my word for, for it. I want you, when I say something, I want you to be able to connect with what I'm saying because you've read it for yourself. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And so I'm going to be walking you through a word from the prophets. And for those who have not been here, we've been going through the book of Lamentations. We're really only the first chapter, but it's a very short book. So I'm going to summarize this whole book in this one sermon, and then I'm going to walk y'all through the prophets. Amen. And so the, the, the end of Lamentations does not end with a happy ending. So I know you might be saying, well, Pastor, why you why you going to put the subheading as happy endings if you're not going to talk about happy endings? Right. And my reason for that is because, you know, the book of Lamentations is just one book in a larger story. And so this one book does not have a happy ending. And it is actually filled with a lot of pain and a lot of grief and a lot of suffering. But this is part of a larger story. And I want you to know that the whole story is about a happy ending. The whole story is about Jesus' work on the cross. The whole story is about how at the end of it, God makes everything all right. But this book of Lamentations does not end with a happy ending. The end of Lamentation ends with Jeremiah pleading for mercy. And sometimes in our life, that's just where we are. We like, God, I need you. I just, I need you to do something. And a lot of times we just ask him, but we don't ever get to the point where it's a pleading type of thing where we are pleading and where we are begging for him to move. And sometimes I I just I have to question and I wonder why we don't get to the point where we start pleading and begging to God to move in our life. Right. Now, we will we'll pray or we'll ask him and we'll be praying with sincerity to get a job. We'll pray and ask for sincerity to get a husband or a wife. We'll pray and ask for sit with sincerity for our debt to go away or whatever is wrong that we want him to fix. We'll plead and ask in sincerity. But when it comes to just getting our life together, to just having a relationship with him, just being better for him, period, with nothing attached, we don't plead or see the need to ask for mercy for the things that we've done and the mistakes that we've made. And that's what Lamentations is about. I tell y'all it was about Jerusalem being destroyed and them not thinking that God was going to actually do what he said he was going to do. 
And that's how we walk around. We walk around like God is not God and he's not going to actually hold us accountable for the things that we're doing in our life. When really we need to be pleading for mercy because y'all, he is going to do what he says he's going to do. He is going to do it. And so this book goes into some really dark stories. And that's why I say I couldn't. Y'all would have walked out of here blown. Y'all would have walked out of here this morning. If I had read the second through the fifth chapter to y'all, y'all would have walked out of this church sad. I mean, this book goes into mothers eating their own children. That's how bad it was. It goes into dead babies in the street, right? Bodies just rotting in the street. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there for the sake of reading all of those details, chapter after chapter after chapter. Right. Because that's nothing that we would want to talk about on the Sunday when we when we when we want to be praising God and singing songs and clapping and having a good time. There's nothing that we want to talk about. But y'all do realize that's in the Bible. Right. Y'all do realize that's in the word. But a lot of times that stuff is not preached. And the reason that that's not preached, the reason that that's a problem is because we think that ignoring darkness is going to fix darkness. If we just ignore it, then that will fix it. But that's not how it works. The only thing that can fix darkness is light. And it's been that way from the beginning. I started y'all in Genesis. The Bible says the world was formless and void. And then God said, what? Let there be light. Just ignoring the things that's going on in your life. Just ignoring the things that's wrong, that does not fix darkness. That does not fix your family. That does not fix your marriage. That does not fix your children. That does not put you in right standing with God. Thinking that if you just ignore it long enough, everything going to be all right. That's what we like to hear. When we're going through something, we like somebody to pat us on the back and tell us everything is going to be all right. But ignoring it or pretending that it's not there would not fix darkness. Only light can do that. Genesis 1 verses 3 and 4. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Right? The reason for this message today is I want y'all to understand God's priorities. And his priority is truth. In order to be better, you got to tell the truth. I don't care what your situation is, right? I'm way past the point as a pastor where I judge people. I don't care if you gay today. I don't care if you caught in adultery. I'm like, whatever it is, whether you like to drink, whether you like to smoke, God's priority is holiness. He want to save you. Nothing is too big for him to save you. So it ain't no point in, in, in trying to pretend like ain't nothing is wrong, right? So I'm not here to judge you. What I'm here to do is give you a word and tell you now, if you keep going down that path, right? If you keep going down that path doing the things that you're doing, you're going to have a problem. But that ain't on me. That's between you and God. My job as a pastor, as a minister, is to just shed a light with you. So y'all don't have to come in here and be hiding. You know, a lot of people don't come to church because they feel shamed. Well, if you can't go to the church with your problems, where can you go? Because the world going to put you on Facebook and they going to put your business in the street. I'm not trying to put your business in the street. Whatever you got going on, that's between you and God. 
I just want you to come into the house so that you can get the word, so that you can get some light. And then God can do the separating. He can separate the darkness from the light. So the reason for this message today is to get you to understand God's priority. And I keep telling y'all, God is for God. Right? He ain't on my side no more than he on your side. He on the, on, he's on his side. The question is, are we on his side? Amen. He ain't picking between me and my armor bear. Right? He, he not saying I like pastor more than I like him. He just want to know who, who's for him. Amen. And so I want y'all, when y'all get a chance, I want y'all to read Psalms 139, specifically verses 11 through 13. And they read, this, the psalmist says, I could ask the darkness to hide me or the light around me to turn into night. But even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. The psalmist said, I could ask the darkness to hide me. You can be like the temptation. I wish I could go outside in the rain but cover my tears like so you nobody would know that you're crying. God know that you're crying. Amen. The psalmist says, like, I could ask the darkness to hide me, but that don't matter to you. You see through the darkness. You was there when I formed. Before I even could see myself, you was already looking at me. So there's no point in trying to hide on today the things that need to be fixed. And so now I'm going to walk y'all through. I'm going to walk y'all through the prophets. And I want y'all to hear what the prophets have to say about light and darkness. So when Isaiah 5 and 20, the word says, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, now this, this is the part, this is the part that was just so funny to me because when I read the word, you know, I know a lot of people, they read and they say, this is just some bunch of old talking, especially if you read the King James version, but I'm telling y'all, everything is in the word. Verses 21 and 22 says, Isaiah says, you are doomed. You think that you are wise, so very clever. You are doomed. Heroes of the wine bottle. Heroes of the wine bottle. Brave and fearless when it comes to mixing drinks. And I thought about how when I was in my early 20s, and you go to the club and you drink all that stuff and then they start playing their music, Lil John or whatever, and everybody was going around pushing each other, right? You riding around, you 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 hopped up off your two or whatever, right? And he say, that's what Isaiah's talking about. He said, you a hero of the drink. Yeah. Right? You let you 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 intoxicated, you let that drink make you you feel like you tough. But it doesn't just have to be alcohol, it can be your pride. You walking around invincible, intoxicated, thinking you can knock anybody out. Thinking you clever and you wise. It can be money to have and you feeling like you invincible. Isaiah said, you a hero of the drink. You gassed up. That's what he's saying. Right? You done let this world think that you invincible. Everything in the word. And I was like, that's just how it is. Folks that ain't never shot a gun be in the club dancing around like they just some thugs. That's what he's talking about. Right? 
Isaiah says, whoa. And that's what's happening in the world. Every time you turn on the TV, we see all of these things that we know not right. But people are trying to make us accept them as this is good. This this is good. When we know for a fact that it's darkness. When we know for a fact that it's pain. But they're trying to get us to accept it. And even when we don't accept it, now, now we're being closed-minded or we're being bigots or we're being hateful or we're being racist or we're being homophobic or we're being whatever. If we don't accept darkness and call it good, Isaiah say, whoa, y'all better stop trying to fit in with the world. Stop trying to fit in with the world. Daniel says, and this is as he faces death. And that's why I say y'all got to read the word. Daniel says as he's facing death. And when I say facing death, so at this part in Daniel, Daniel has to interpret this dream for the king or all the dream interpreters are going to be killed. This is Daniel 2, 20 through 22. As he faces death and he's asking God, he's praying God. He says, I need you to reveal all the hidden things to me or not only am I going to die, but all of these other people are going to die. And he tells these other people, he say, I need y'all to touch and agree. I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to pray this prayer. And this is what he says. He says, God is wise and powerful. Praise him forever and ever. He controls the times and the seasons. He makes and unmakes kings. It is he who gives wisdom and understanding. He reveals things that are deep and secret. He knows what is hidden in the darkness. And he himself is surrounded by light. God will make things known to you that need to be known to you in order to save your life. The only reason that we are in darkness is because we choose to be. Not because he wants us to be. God says, I will withhold what? No good thing from you. He wants us to know him. The prophet Amos says in chapter 5, and Amos is talking about the day of the Lord, right? And this one was good to me too. It had me laughing as I was reading. In Amos chapter 5, verses 8 to 27, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about the day of the Lord, meaning Jesus coming back. It's talking about judgment day, right? And Amos says, some of y'all are going to be like a person running from a lion only to hit the corner, right? You running, you running from a lion, you turn that corner, and when you turn that corner, it's a bear waiting on you. And I began to think, I said, that's exactly what we do. We running from the lion of Judah. We running from God, trying to get away. And as soon as you turn that corner, you see a bear waiting on you, right? Then Amos says, I thought to think about how, I was like, Lord, is this so? He says, it's, you, it's like you're running to get home. I started thinking about hide and go seek, y'all. I mean, when you're playing hide and go seek and you had a base, you're trying to reach base and you run the base and you slap your hand on base, right? And you safe. Well, in Amos, it talks about you're running. It's just like you running to get home and you put your hand on the wall like you're tired and you're just leaning on the wall and you're tired and you're trying to, to catch your breath only to realize that your house is full of snakes. So the point of that, that, the point of that is, Amos says the day of the Lord is going to be like people want it to come. they like, oh, please, Jesus, come back. I'm just ready to go be with you. 
because they think that they're going to be safe. But Amos says on the day of the Lord, God is going to reveal all of the darkness first. He's going to reveal all of that stuff that you didn't want to deal with when you had a chance. And you thought you were going to be safe. Only to realize that you're not. Those verses go on to say, Amos say, stop all that singing. He said, if your song is not about justice, if your song is, he says, I hate your religious festivals. I just thought about Easter. Like if, if, if we just went through Easter and we took all these pictures and we did the things that we did on Easter, but none of us love Jesus, what does that matter to God? Nothing. I'm almost done, y'all. The prophet Micah, I don't know if you know your name was in the Bible. The prophet Micah, 18, talks about how our enemies gloat now. How it seems like those who do evil on, are, are on top and that darkness reigns. But when the light comes, they will be trampled. And then the greatest prophet of all, Jesus, in Matthew 10, verses 26 to 31, it says, so do not be afraid of people. Whatever is now covered up will be uncovered and every secret will be made known. What I am telling you in the dark must be repeated in broad daylight. And what you have heard in private, you must announce from the housetops. That 27 verse is the one that spoke to me. So what I'm telling y'all right now, right? God did not reveal this stuff to me, right? He did not reveal this stuff to me in isolation. The reason that I'm able to preach this is because I understand the darkness that was in myself. So when I say it to y'all, it has a little bit more weight. I'm not just reading stuff to you. So Jesus say, uh, it's like he's saying, he's talking to his disciples in this verse. He's like, the stuff that I was working on y'all with while y'all was in darkness, when I bring you out of this, I need you to stand on the top of your house and I need, to, I need you to shout to people what I've done for you. So what I revealed to you while you was going through all them ways I made for you, all them things, them death angels I let pass by, all that stuff I saved you from, I revealed revealing all of that while we was yet in our sins. He said, but then I need you to stand on the housetop. So that's for two reasons. Number one, I need you to stand on the, on the housetop so that you can be heard. And the second reason is I need you to stand on the housetop and shout this out so that people will look up. A lot of times we don't look up. We got to look up. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of God. And that's what we do. You know, we're afraid of people. And when, we, when I say afraid of people, I ain't talking about simply like somebody going to beat you up. Somebody going to bully you. We're afraid of what they're going to think. We're afraid of what they're going to say. We're afraid of how they're going to act. We're afraid of how they're going to respond. If I put my heart on the line, are they going to put their heart on the line? We're afraid of what we're going to receive in return, right? All of that fear, but Jesus said, don't fear those who can kill the body. You need to be fearing a person that can destroy your soul. Yes. 
Rather be afraid of God who can destroy both the body and soul in hell. For, uh, for only a penny you can buy two sparrows, yet not one of those sparrows falls to the ground without your father's consent. To put that in common terms, y'all can go to the y'all can go to the grocery store right now and buy whatever you want for dinner. And Jesus is letting you know, he say, I could make it where it's a food shortage and y'all wouldn't have nothing to eat. Right. We think things are in our control. Right. We just going to go home, flip the switch and the power going to go home, going to come on or the water going to run or the shelves going to be stopped. Right. That's what the people in Jerusalem and Lamentations thought that God was not going to do what he said he was going to do. And you turn around and his babies lying in the street. We don't think those things will happen. But Jesus is saying, right. Stop being afraid of the darkness and what the world can do and just trust the light because anything that happens, God is the one that's in control. He's only going to, the saint can only do what God allows. He can only do what God allows. So in that 31st verse, Jesus says, so do not be afraid. You are worth much more than a sparrow. He said, if a, if a sparrow, if a bird can't die without my permission, then you don't have nothing to worry about. John 1 and 5. If y'all really want to learn about light and darkness, read Saint, read Saint, read the Gospel of John and then read John 1, 2, and 3. That's one that he uses light more than any other person in the Bible. He talks about the difference between light and darkness. John 1 and 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never. When God spoke those words in Genesis, the light has never gone out, never will go out. John says in 3, John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, he says, this is how the judgment works. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Those who do evil things hate the light and will not come to the light because they do not want their evil deeds to be shown up. But those who do what is true come to the light in order that the light may show that what they did was in obedience to God. Now understand that what you do has to be in obedience of God. And the reason I say that is because if you just try to do it because you're trying to fool somebody. Eventually, you're going to mess up. The cover going to be pulled and everybody going to know you were fake in front of the beginning. But what you do for God, the Bible tells us only what we do for God will last. Everything else is going down. Only what you do for God will last. And I close with this. I want to. I close with this because I want you to understand how light completely changes your life, how it changes you, how it makes you into a completely different person. And this is the hope in the gospel, right? This is the happy ending. Acts twenty six and eighteen, and this is talking about Saul's conversion to Paul. For those that know the story, they know that Saul was blind. When you are blind, when you are blind, you are essentially walking in darkness. 
And the 18th verse says, this is, this is, this is the Lord talking to Paul, right? He says, you are to open their eyes. You are to open their eyes. So, no, hold on, let me back up a little bit. So, y'all, if you know the story, you know Saul is blind and he hears this voice and he's like, who is this talking to me? And Jesus says, like, Saul, this is, this is me, Jesus, the person you persecuted. Right? And so Jesus is saying to, he's saying to Saul, he says, I want you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God so that through their faith in me, they will have their sins forgiven and receive their place among God's chosen people. That word to him, what Jesus was speaking to him, hit a little bit different when you blind. The word means a little bit something different to you when you realize that you've been blind, that you've been walking in darkness. And then when you hear that voice saying, all right now, I need you to, I need you to get right. And you be like, who is, who is this talking to me? What is this? Feeling that I'm feeling, and Jesus says, is me, Jesus, whom you've been working against, who you've been persecuting, whom you've been ignoring, is me, Jesus. And then he opens your eyes, and you like, okay, I know this got to be God, because before this, I was blind, and I didn't see all of this going on. And then Jesus tells him, you know, he could have he didn't ask him for money. He didn't ask him for his career. He said, what I want you to do next is, I want you to open other people's eyes. I want you to turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God so that they, just like you, will believe in me and have their sins forgiven and receive their place amongst God's chosen people. And that's the happy ending of the scripture, God, um, y'all. That's the happy ending of scripture. That's the hope of the gospel. Amen. The hope of the gospel is, amen. The hope of the gospel is, amen, that, that we can be surrounded by wars in Ukraine. Amen. That we can be going through things on our job that we can be going through things in our marriage, that we can be going through things with our children, going through things in our finances. And the only reason I keep saying those things over and over again, because I have not experienced a lamentation type experience. I don't know what it's like to walk outside of my house and see babies in the street. I don't want it to have to get that bad for me to turn to the Lord. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So the things that I keep saying are the things that I experience on a daily basis. I come across people in broken marriages. I come across people with hurt children. I come across people who have been scarred. I come across people, amen, who have an identity crisis. So I'm not trying to preach a word to people that I don't know or things that they have not experienced. I'm talking about things that I know. 
And that's the hope of the gospel that no matter what it is or where you are, this would mean something different to a person in a third world country when they want water to drink. You understand what I'm saying? But it's the same thing. All of it is darkness. All of it is pain. All of it is suffering. All of it is grief. And God is telling us through his words, through all the prophets, through this big, big book, that Jesus is the answer, that he's the light, that he's the way, that he's the solution. And that if we try to pretend like he's not, we send ourselves up. Amen. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand for his word.